Hey guys, welcome to the New York Film Academy Hour. We are back, and today we're talking about golden pipes going to the silver screen. I've got Frank Sinatra, Mary J. Blige, and so many more coming up for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Yes, you hear that music, you know what time it is. We're not on Broadway, we're here in Hollywood, but the feeling of musicals is in the air. Uh, Mary J. Blige, as we talked a little bit about last week with our Oscars recap, or two weeks ago, it's been a time, um, was first, first woman nominated for Best Song and Best uh, Supporting Actress in a role ever in the history of the Academy, 90 years, big deal, so we thought we'd come in. Uh, of course, to my left, I have Peter Rayner back again. Again, get his book, Rainer on Film. It is excellent. He's going to break down some of the grades with me. How are you doing today, Peter? Hi, hi. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of singers in the movies, not all of them uh, great actors. Yeah, we yeah. started our conversation today talking about, you know, some of our favorite singers and, and <laughs> trying to make that transition to the stage. Uh, I mentioned my fave, Beyonce, who I love, but who, you know, not not the best actress. <laughs> Yeah, well, my I have a theory that that a lot of great singers, certainly not all of them, uh, great pop singers, jazz, rock, so forth, uh, opera singers, um, are very good actors because, in a sense, they're already acting. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if you let's just take Sinatra as an example, you know, you have to put across a story essentially with the lyrics. You have to move. You can't just stand there like a like a log. You have to. Uh, uh, emphasize certain words, you know, all of the things that you do as an actor, uh, and you have to make it believable. And so they're already halfway there, I think, if, if, if they really put across a song in the right way. Absolutely. And it's interesting to see, like, who makes it and who's not. Because, I mean, even Madonna, who, you know, maybe not the world's best vocalist, but certainly a performer in her own right, had some trouble making it into the movies. You know, uh, A Vita Aside, which has kind of had, become this cult classic, you know, not considered a great film, but certainly a film. Yeah, there you go. There you go. A camp classic. Um, I think a lot of people expected that she would be able to go the distance in that area. Yeah, well, Desperately Seeking Susan, I think, was her first real movie, and and she was quite good in it. but subsequently, uh, you know, Dick Tracy and uh, Vita and, and uh, just, you Not know. Beaches. What's the one she did with uh, her husband at the time? Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember. Right, Sean Penn. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah that, they were all terrible. Yeah. Uh, and she was terrible in them. Um, and uh, Truth or Dare sort of doesn't count because it's a documentary and she was sort of playing herself. But, but she was playing a role as herself, which, you know, she's always changing the way she looks and and performs anyway her persona uh so but i i it was weird with her because i thought she might actually develop into a good actress uh but it may be that there's no there there and that all of this constant you know role changing is is evidence of that definitely well let's switch into some of uh our very people who are talented at both which is rare (laughs) they're awesome uh let's start with the classic frank frank sinatra is kind of the first singer to make a real splash on the silver screen. Um, he's 
played in like a ton of roles, guys and dolls, uh, a lot of military roles, which was kind of interesting for a guy who <laughs> was able to, uh, I don't want to say wiggle out of, but found a way not to have to go into the army when the draft yeah, was still yeah, around. Like, like John Wayne, yeah. Right. There was a little uh, bit about uh, <laughs> um, that transition for him from uh, a song to the screen. Yeah, well, he he started out as a kind of Bobby Soxer idol, yeah. and you know this this you know thin crooner who had people swooning over him, uh, you know, almost like on a level with the Beatles in the forties, and um, so it was a natural that he would transition to movies, and and a lot of his early films, you know, Young at Heart, and you know, he's basically playing a, a variation on, on on the Bobby Soxer uh, persona, but. Um, when his when his singing career took a dive in in the late forties, early fifties. I just want to pause there. A lot of people do not know that this happened. Frank Sinatra endured. Yeah. Like he went from Teen Idol to the dive. That's when he started doing stage shows in Vegas. Yeah, right. yeah. It, it's it's hard to imagine. Um, so he he sort of clawed his way back into movies with the idea that he was going to show everybody that he could be a, quote, real actor, a serious actor. And he lobbied extremely hard for uh, the role of, um, of Maggio in From from Here to Eternity. Yes. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the actor in The Godfather who gets the role with the horse's head and everything, I mean, it's never been demonstrated that that was Sinatra, but that's certainly what everybody thinks. <laughs> you know, be that as it may, um, uh, he was quite terrific in it, and it was... Uh, yeah, and he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. So you would have thought that that would have set him on his way yeah. to doing nothing but really serious stuff. And he did have some amazing performances in his career. The Man with the, the Golden Arm, where he plays a junkie, directed by Otto Preminger. is a very strong performance. Uh, and uh, The Manchurian Candidate, which is one of my favorite films in general, the original. I still haven't seen uh, the original. Yeah, oh, it's uh, amazingly that. great. Yeah, I mean, even the score by David Amram is amazing. Um, uh, so he that's, I think, his best performance in the movies. It's an absolutely extraordinary piece of work. He plays opposite you know, Lawrence Harvey and Angela Lansbury. He gives a classic performance. It's a great, great movie. And uh, you could tell that he really cared about it. I, my feeling about Sinatra was that... Uh, you know, Pauline Kael once said if he cared about acting as much as he cared about singing, he would have been a great, he would have become a great actor. But in a lot of his, you know, Rat Pack stuff and Four for Texas and mm. Ocean's Eleven, and I mean, so they're fun, but he's not really putting a whole lot into it. Uh, he's just sort of playing himself, uh, you know, well, but with finesse, but, but he's not getting into it like he really could as an actor. Uh, but I do think that at his finest, and you know, Man with the Golden Arm, and From Here to Eternity, and, and Manchurian Candidate, especially, uh, he was a great actor. I think it's interesting to hear that he not only wasn't really putting himself fully into the character, but I've read stories where he wanted to be as good. I hear in Guys and Dolls where Marlon Brando was given the lead, and Marlon Brando not really a singer. Uh, he was livid yeah. that they would choose Brando over him. Yeah, you know, and he was in the musical, uh, film musical of Pal Joey, which was adulterated for the screen, but, but you know, he was he was pretty good in that, but he he just I don't know, I mean he high society, you know, mm. Bing Crosby he was in that. He, he, he definitely uh, didn't skimp singing in the movies and some of the movies where he sang in were quite good um but 
overall, I don't think that he really... The other thing about him is that he was notorious for only doing one take. Uh, if you guys watched the uh, FX drama, oh my gosh, uh, Joan and... I'm blinking so hard. Oh, the, the Joan Crawford, Betty Davis. Yes, yeah, yeah. Joan versus Betty. Uh, they have a moment in there where he's filming like some Western and he's got to have all this like glitzy, like shiny suits and like, dude is just dying. He's like, that's not what you would have worn. <laughs> he's like, this is what I wear. I'm Frank Sinatra. And then, yeah, they were trying to get him to a second take and he is like... Have you met me? I don't do second takes. Yeah, no, he, 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 I think it was in his contract. You know, you just, he wow. did not do second takes. Uh, he actually, you know, he directed a movie once. No, I didn't know Called this. None But the Brave. It was like a, a, a war movie. Great title. Yeah, uh, I think it was, I, I saw it when it came out. This is in the 60s. Um, I think it's set, you know, it's a World War II movie set in the, uh, in the Asian Pacific. Uh, but yeah, he directed it on the Warner's lot. <laughs> Uh, Is it anything? Have you you've seen it? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's when you're Sinatra, you can get <laughs> terrific cinematographer, editor, you know, all tech credits pro, as they say in Variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not going to look terrible or anything, you know. The, you have the safety net under you, but it's it's certainly not a work of a of a auteur. Copy. And it's, I believe, the only time he ever directed. Um, and uh, I wonder if he only did one take of the stuff that he right? shot, you know, because he was in it, too. I wonder if it changed his perspective at all on the <laughs> two-take theory. Like, you know, maybe yeah, just try right. again. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Sinatra's style. And I know that there are a lot of great movies that he performs in, but dang it, I'm a sucker for the classics. So I chose Guys and Dolls. And this is a song written for him. I think it's kind of like an appeasement for not giving him the lead. Let's take a right. look. Here, give us a little speech. Yeah. Look at these colors. These films. <laughs> Unaccustomed as I am to getting married, I am taking this occasion here to say. Look at him own the room. <laughs> and Adelaide are finally naming the day. <laughs> Though she knows deep in her heart, I'm a phony and I'm a fake. She wants uh, Sinatra's classic start. flirting style <laughs> on display here. Yeah, well, just just remember, this is all done in one take. <laughs> <laughs> a second take wouldn't have killed you, Frank. Honestly. <laughs> is taking a chance on me. I could see Brando doing this. Taking a chance, I'll be respectable and nice. If you could have pulled this song off, this is not uh, too vocally challenging. <laughs> yeah. What's tripped in this range? What I also like about this is in reading people's reviews of Sinatra from the time, because he was Italian, which people were like, you can't be the. Like, it's kind of the sexy bad boy on the edge where people were like, you don't mess with it. You don't marry an Italian, essentially. And to see, like, the idea that who is this small dude with all this glib that he could get? But you see it instantly, especially if you get to see any of his sock hop stuff. The girl's just wild over this kid. Yeah, yeah. No, he was a huge, huge star <laughs> uh, in the 40s. Um, but, you know, he, he, he could argue that he did his best acting in his... Uh, Club appearances mm. when, when he sings 
all of those great standards and 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 he really puts his his soul into it and mm-hmm. what I always liked about Sinatra also as a singer is that he he always credited the writers of the song he didn't just go up there and start singing he before each song he would say you know a song by so and so lyric by so and so yeah i mean he made a point of that uh, because he knew that he owed a lot of his success to the songs obviously mm. you know just go up there and and just you know scat uh so uh, yeah he he had a lot of respect for for the craft uh certainly in the way that he spoke uh and and spoke the lyrics mm. and in his best performances you you, you see that there, that that kind of care exists as well based off al johnston too right he was like a big al johnston fan he was al jolson jolson yeah, thank yeah. you and he was mimicking like the early style and that's kind of how he got into it fast you guys can learn a lot about frank sinatra he's got a lot of movies out there a lot of songs lots of biographies um check that out i want to move on to one of my favorite divas of stage someone who truly has the respect for all crafts barbara streisand all right it's perhaps the most successful singer to film actress actor person ever um <laughs> If you guys haven't seen her, do like Funny Girl is my favorite, but there's a lot of great things you can see her in. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the popularity Barbara Streisand had at such a young age, because there are people yeah. who just like that's their Beyonce is Barbara Streisand. Right. right? Yeah. Well, Streisand was was uh, you know I think in her late teens when um, she started doing shows, uh, uh, you know, off Broadway and Broadway and and Funny Girl. I uh, I think early twenties. And she won the Oscar for Funny Girl. Which she deserved. Uh, yeah. Uh, she was tied with Katherine Hepburn. Uh, it was one of the very rare ties. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Streisand was an unschooled actress. Uh, and I don't say that disparagingly because, uh, you know, you, you just you don't see the actor's studio in there very much. You don't see a lot of stage training per se, mm. even though she did broad. You know, she, she wasn't, she was a singer whose acting sort of came naturally with, with, with the songs, but she didn't study acting in any real way. And, and her performances have a kind of, you know, loose limbed aspect to them that, that, that's always been very appealing when it doesn't work. She doesn't have the kind of safety net that actors mm. with a great deal of, of craft and training, have had uh, starting out, um, and, you know, and there are movies of hers that, that just don't hold up because there's nothing going on there. I would say even a film like A Star is Born was not terribly successful, even though it was a, you know, big movie and she yeah. already... But Funny Girl is is a great movie and she's amazing in it. I mean, it, you know, I mean, you know why she's a star in that film. Uh, and her comic timing is, is, is unbelievable. It just, you know, crack comic timing. Uh, and she could also pull off the dramatic scenes too. She was a terrific director. Maybe still will again be a you know direct another film. I would film. love to see her but, hop you know, behind the camera again. Yentl is is an amazing film. I think I have and, emotions know. about Yentl, yeah. like the father daughter relationship yeah. about trying to live beyond what people expect to be your means. It is really good. Yeah, I mean, and and she directed it really well. Um, it's it's a terrific performance. Uh, the Owl and the Pussycat, one of her earliest films, is a this. terrific comedy uh, with uh, with George Siegel, who's a they're oh. a great team. You know, it's based on a, on, a, on a hit stage play. Herbert Ross directed it. Mm. Uh, it's it's a really really funny movie, and she's she's just great in it. It's a great comic performance. Um, there's uh, uh, 
what was the film that uh, Up the Sandbox? Up the Sandbox is another film that most people don't know about. Uh, it was directed by Irvin Kirshner, and uh, she plays a, a kind of humdrum housewife in New York who keeps having these these fantasies, and the film follows you know her her fantasies including my favorite was was uh, imagining that she's having an affair with Castro when he's visiting New York you know on a uh dancing with Castro and but it's it's the most human scaled of her performances uh she's the most like you know a quote real person in that okay. movie it's a very accessible more than her oh gosh what's the name of her Robert Redford play The way we were yes. she's very good in that so good she's very very good in that um and uh you know she she doesn't act much anymore uh and she's very very picky about what she chooses to do um she uh, directed another film uh you know after uh, uh Yentl and uh that got uh, Lauren Bacall a uh a supporting actress nomination wow. um but you know for the most part uh, I think she was penalized a bit for being so strong and out there as as a woman in, in, in her era. So even though she was phenomenally successful and still is, there were a lot of people who felt, you know, sort of tur- turned off to the fact that, that she was so, you know... Uh, powerful uh, even the hello dolly which is not a great movie uh she's wonderful in it she's just this force of nature and she really just commands the screen at at all times um it uh, uh you Robert know Robert Streisand is in hello dolly that's Bette Midler or am I wrong uh you know hello or are dolly they no, Walter Matthau and, and Barbara Streisand okay. are the stars of hello dolly yeah it was directed by Gene Kelly and um uh yeah it's it's uh it was the film that sort of broke 20th century fox because it cost so much that they had to sell off between that and cleopatra they had to sell off on like half the studio Those came out of it at the same time no no but you know cleopatra was was problematic and, yeah, and yes. but hello dolly really was i mean they they had to sell off a lot of the set i've never heard this about hello dolly i, I yeah. cleopatra is legendary i mean yeah. with, uh, with the marriage and sex scandal on top of all of the financial right. burden and then right. the film comes out and it's not you know what people had hoped there's like a lot of scandal around that but i guess right. maybe because uh hello dolly is so popular yeah. maybe it, it didn't get that kind of um the news didn't follow it throughout the ages. That's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you worked at Fox at the time, I, I certainly didn't. But, but you know, I, I think it was clear that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Streisand uh, is the kind of person who's able to uh, pull. I mean, I don't know if you've seen, there's a viral picture of her going around recently uh, of her in her trophy room, just surrounded by building. her awards. <laughs> yeah, it's right. amazing. She's yeah. incredibly talented. She's done a lot. Yeah. I picked a video that highlights, as he said, her comedic talents. I think that, um, to your note earlier, that kind of raw, exposed talent, it just makes her that much more fascinating to watch. There is Because without the safety net, there's no polish there. It's all It feels so genuine and real and yeah. in your face. And I, I love this, uh, this song. Uh, I chose um, Funny Face, obviously. Funny Girl, sorry. Right. Funny Face is a different movie. Uh <laughs> And this is just, it's... Not it's Funny cool. Lady. That yeah. wasn't so good. No, no, no. Uh, and, was that and, a continuation and, of Funny Girl? It, yeah. Oh, no. They should have just kept it with Funny, it funny Girl. perfectly. Uh, so let's take a look at this clip real quick. <laughs> 
This was directed by William Wyler, who was a you know, great director who went back to the to the late twenties. Wow! And directed many, I think, more Oscar-winning performances than any other director in Hollywood history. The way he shoots this entire film, it feels alive. I don't have a better word for it. It's just. She was very well tended in this film between Weiler and the cinematographer. James Wong Howe was a great, great cinematographer and shot it. Look at these shots, How back in the day. Like I just don't. Like today, a drone, 20, 30 years ago, maybe a helicopter. But this is just, it's so smooth and wide. It's just wow. It's a real train moving, right? Like, yeah. in focus the whole... How? Yeah, this was not one take. <laughs> I love the mix of, like... Um, this is the finale. Desperation and excitement and... Just focus. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I thought I had picked the roller skating <laughs> from earlier, which is a lot more showing her comedic style. Yeah, well, there's a lot of comedy in her oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Look at her Whoa, face. This is kind of touching, oh. too. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> will stop this woman. <laughs> Also, so much running in this skirt. Just... Yeah, and what kind of shoes is she wearing? Mm. There we go. Just incredible, yeah. yes. And then the giant Statue of Liberty. Really wonderful moment for Barbara. Um, and honestly, there aren't a lot of terrible moments from her. No, uh, What's Up Doc is another uh, wonderful comedy. That she I started really watching that the in. other day. Yeah. It's really good. I love watching yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, from Shrizan, who's kind of this raw, fresh burst of energy to Bette Midler, who has a different kind of... Bette is not subdued anyway, but she's a little more, I would say, witty. More like your aunt than your, like, best friend, you know? Right. Um, I love watching her. Where does Bette Midler come out of? Because I've just kind of always known of Bette Midler. She's just always right. around. Right. Well, she started out in sort of, you know, uh, low-level dives and cabaret, you know, a lot of gay cabaret in New York. This she was. Sense. You know, she was really uh, a, sort of a, a, an icon in that world. Oh. And, um, you know, and then she, uh, I mean, I think she grew up in Hawaii, actually. That's what, you know, her wow. girlhood was in Hawaii. To her and Barack uh, Obama. Okay. Uh, I hadn't thought of that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she, um, when she started out acting in the movies, it's very interesting because the first real big performance that she gave in the movies was in The Rose, a uh, sort of Janis Joplin-type character. Uh, and it's an amazing performance. It, it is like a great performance. It is, and it's harrowing. It's not Bette Midlerish in in the conventional sense. Sure. She's not doing, you know, wink-wink shticks. I mean, she's very... It's It's a harrowing performance, unlike anything she ever did... Uh, subsequent, 
And as much as I enjoy seeing her on screen, uh, I always sort of wondered why she didn't go there again, mm. you know, because it was such a great performance in, in such a dramatic way that, you know, you figure, why not more of that? Do you think she but, wasn't able to get cast in those kinds of roles? Because she's not a conventional uh, Right, lady, right. You know? No, it's true. She She's hard to cast. In, uh, I mean, she shouldn't be. But in, by Hollywood standards, you know, they you look for any excuse not to cast someone who doesn't look like Grace Kelly. Right. Um, but uh, but she's marvelous in, in comedies. You know, Big Trouble, she's really funny in um, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, one of my favorite comedies, Paul Mazursky, Richard Dreyfuss, and Nick Nolte. She plays the Beverly Hills housewife, you know, clocks around, clumps mm-hmm. around in high heels and order. You know, it's very, very funny performance. Uh, she's another one who has amazing timing, uh, as as does Streisand, and, and, and it comes out in their singing as well as in their performances. There's a direct link between them. I love her in First Wives Club. It's my favorite non-musical performance that she gives. Uh, yeah, just, I'm not a fan of Beaches. Uh, I have to say, Beaches you know, is just so. a hard story to get through. It yeah. just it feels like a Lifetime movie before it actually was a Lifetime movie. Uh, <laughs> it's just a lot. I, I am also not a fan of Beaches. I get why it's important to some, a lot of people, and, and they hold it dear in their heart. But it is, it is just not for me. No, uh, but but she really, I I, I still. I guess she had a big uh, triumph uh, on Broadway fairly recently in Hello, yes. Dolly. Speaking yes, that's why I thought she was in the original. Weird. Yeah, yeah. No, she took it over. I mean, Carol Channing was the original Hello, Dolly mm. on Broadway and was, was royally pissed that, that Streisand got the role. Uh, yeah, you know, she would be. That's, uh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's often the case when you have a, a, a hit Broadway show that gets transposed to the movies. You know, Julie Andrews was not cast in My Fair Lady in the movies. Audrey Hepburn was, mm. although Rex Harrison did both. And it's funny because Rex Harrison was, was a wonderful actor, but he couldn't sing. <laughs> sort of like Richard Burton in Camelot. So th- they would kind of speak the the songs. Yeah, I was recently, if you listen to the uh, My Fair Lady album, they actually have old, like, really cool-sounding old recordings of the composer and um, book writer. And they're talking about how they're like, well, we got Rex, which is great. We love Rex. We didn't think we are going to get Rex. We have to rewrite all of the songs. The man cannot sing. He'll have to speak them. And then the, the way they're able to flip that to really lend itself to Rex's performance as a proper gentleman, it makes sense. He doesn't just go off into song. Right. He's, you know, curt. And, and it, right. it just is kind of wonderful. Right. Um when those exceptions are made and they find yeah. a way to blend it back into the story. Yeah, I mean, it, it was sort of a classic performance. He, I think he won the Oscar for Best Actor that year, uh, be that as it may. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mentioned uh, Burton also in, in Camelot, uh, who, who also just sort of spoke the, the lyrics. Um, I, you know, you can do that, uh, but I think ultimately people held La La Land against Ryan Gosling and, and sure Emma did. Stone because they weren't, like, great singers or dancers, for that mm-hmm. matter. It, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me uh, either. I thought that was the know. whole point of the movie is they're normal people having this musical-like romance. Yeah, I mean, if they suddenly uh, became a Stan Rogers, it, it would seem pretty weird, it? loses it? the magic. 
tragic. Yeah, the fact yeah. that they are just two normal human beings trying to get by, but having this great explosive romance, it, it sells for me the picture. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Some people are like, I came to see a performance. You should have checked who was going to be on the list. I'm sure they would have told you themselves. That's not what we do. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. For Bet's piece, I chose my favorite childhood movie, which is Hocus Pocus. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. She kills this role. She is the best. Let's check it out. This walk, just everything about her performance, the curled up lip, which I'm sure was hard to hold for however many weeks this shot, and yet still cheesy in camp, and now I see where we're getting the New York uh, yeah. gay kind of high drag look. Yeah, I mean, she, she used to uh, uh, you know, put on shows in the bathhouses. Thank you, What a great place to find your stage. <laughs> My gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Wow. A little bit of Margaret Hamilton in Wizard of Oz. Yes! Definitely enjoys Oh, yeah. And then the way she reinvents this song, it's just so. She makes it fun. Yeah. I wish video cameras or cell phone footage existed of her performing at these bathhouses. I just <laughs> imagine her trying to experiment and doing weird, like, fun, outlandish things. Um, uh, yeah, well, maybe there is some footage somewhere. <laughs> She's probably bought it all up. Um... I want to move on yeah. from here. Uh, even though this is great, you can watch this on your own time, kids. We're running a little tight. Uh, so I want to move on to someone who surprised me that you chose, which is Willie Nelson. I had no idea Willie Nelson even had an acting career. Yeah. Well, he didn't have an extensive career, but he, there were two or three movies that he appeared in where he's first rate. Um, Honeysuckle Rose. He plays, uh, you know, a... a Country Western singer, Amy Irving is in it. Jerry Schatzberg directed it. Marvelous, marvelous performance. Totally lived in, but it's a performance. It's not just him doing Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another film called Barbarossa. It was a Western directed by the great Australian director Fred Skepsi, who did Roxanne and Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith and Plenty and all sorts of great movies. Uh, a very underrated, underseen Western with Gilbert Rowland and Zella Vega. Uh, uh, you know he he's right out of the right up from the prairie. I mean he's again he's totally authentic in in this film and it's a great performance. Um, and there's another film, you know that he did. Uh, Alan Rudolph directed, which um, uh, again I mean he he he. I wish he had acted more in the movies because he didn't really. I don't know. Maybe he was just too stoned to keep going. You know. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's true of a lot of these performers that that they they act for a while and then I guess they just sort of want get want to get on the road again, mm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, but he, uh, particularly in Barbarossa um, and uh, uh, Honeysuckle Rose, he's uh, quite amazing. Um, and uh, if you ever get a chance to check him out, uh, you should, definitely should because they're both underseen and, and underrated. What do you think makes Willie Nelson like a good actor? Like what is drawing you into his performances? He just he he knows 
how he comes across. You know, good mm-hmm. singers also know how they come across. You know, they, 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 they have like a third eye that can sort of see what they're doing. And he's able to fashion it in such a way that he, he, he brings the best out of, of who he is, I, I would presume, of, of who he really is, but, but as a performer. So if you're a bad singer-actor, you're, you're just caught, you know, doing what you do on stage, your, your persona in the movies, and that's it. But with Willie Nelson, uh, you know, in the Alan Rudolph movie, uh, Songwriter is another example where the, with Chris Christopherson, you know, who wasn't a great actor, mm-hmm. who was a you know, tremendous singer-songwriter at his best. Uh, but, but, but Willie Nelson just, I don't know, there's a lived-in authenticity there. There was this country-western uh, guy, Jerry Reed, who was in a couple of these, you know, smoky movies and stuff. But he was, he was very good, too. I love it. Well, at your behest, I, I checked out Honeysuckle Rose, uh, and so I brought in a clip from that. Oh, good. And, uh, yeah, once again, just incredible singing uh, performance from him. Let's check that video out. Aching with the feeling of the freedom of an eagle as she flies. Turning all my world away. You smile upon my soul as I lay down. I always think the best actors are the ones who don't have... um, and kind of filter your screen and you stare just straight into their soul. Yeah. It definitely gives me that kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah, Schatzberg, who directed, I think, had, had come out of advertising, and he, he's always very good at focusing on faces. You know what he does. They say if you're a good actor, you have you know you should listen to what the other person is saying in the scene. Don't just stand there and then deliver your line. You know, and that's certainly true in, in something like this. Even the way he kind of approaches the mic, there's just a, a bit of hesitation. Yeah. Really, their eyeline is shot. It's just so magical. Mm. That's Amy Irving. Yeah, it's just really. It's super sweet, and I just love it. It's a good movie. Um, Okay, we have one more. Would you like to do Diana Ross or Cher? Ooh. Maybe Cher. Yes, Uh, let's. (laughs) Cher's Moonlight was like a kind of a transformative moment for me. I knew Cher uh, because I was a child in the 90s, and so I knew her in her like kind of techno, disco-y revival moment. So body suits, big hair, Cher. My mother was like, well, we're going to sit down and watch Moonlight. And I was transfixed. I didn't know she had such acting capabilities. I didn't know that she could be so moving. And then to see her opposite... Oh my gosh, not Keanu, but names. Who's her? I forget who her love interest is. Nick, Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage yeah. was so 
like the two of them together are such a weird couple as far as Hollywood standards go, but they yeah. pull it off so beautifully. Tell me about your introduction to Cher's acting career. Yeah, just snap out of it, girl. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, you say you were surprised. I, my guess is that she was surprised too, because uh, she hadn't really done much in the way of, of quote, real acting. You know, mm. she had been in a, in a Sonny and Cher movie that Friedkin directed, you know, early on. Right, you know Friedkin did that. Good times, yeah. But she hadn't really, you know, she was sort of a funny comedian on, on the mm. Sonny and Cher show, and, and she had good timing and a sort of, you know, weird, weird timing. Um, but uh, Norman Jewison, who directed uh, Moonstruck, was, you know, a wonderful director who's guided a lot of actors to great performances, you know, In the Heat of the Night and many, many other films. And um, uh, I think she just rose to the occasion and, and everything that she, that she was able to do. It's a terrific script, you know, John Patrick Shanley. That helps when you have great lines and, and, and really good characters. And she was surrounded with all these wonderful character oh, yeah, actors. Definitely. Uh, and so she just was very funny uh, and, 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 and touching. There's a film that she made subsequently. She didn't make that many movies overall, and, and most of them were not that hot that she did make. But there's one performance that I think is, is her best work, um, uh, Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. It was a yes. sort of a second-rate play that Robert Altman uh, got a hold of and turned into somehow this this amazing movie with with you know Sandy Dennis is in it and um, and, uh, and and Cher and you know a number of other actresses who were who were I think all the best they've ever been in this film. Um, and uh, it's it's a kind of mood memory play a uh, little Tennessee Williams-ish. Um, it's about a woman obsessed with James Dean, right. right? Living kind of in the middle of nowhere. Right, right. Definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, it's 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 almost a hallucinatory setting, but the characters are very real in the film, and the performances are, are really, you know, t- amazing. And, and Altman was, was... Actors loved him because... Uh, he would uh, allow them to try out all sorts of things. He didn't just, you know, all right, here's your mark, do this, now do this, don't change the script. Screenwriters hated Altman because of, <laughs> for the same reason. Um, I think Jules Pfeiffer sued him uh, over Popeye. Oh, my. Uh, who he wrote the script for. But, but yeah, I mean, Cher is is, is amazing, I think, in, in, if nothing else in those two films. Uh, it's, again, a demonstration of what she was able to do, and like to some extent, Bed Midler and certainly Willie Nelson uh, and Diana Ross, for that matter. Uh, you wish that they had acted more. Gosh, I wish Diana you Ross. Know. Even now, I mean, the fact that Tracy's out here uh, doing amazing things and racking up Emmys and things yeah. like, I would love to see them have their on Golden Pond moment where yeah. we get mother and daughter, uh, as we had Jane Fonda and Peter Fonda in On Golden Pond do do some kind of movie, whether it's a comedy or they're both very good at drama. Um, I would love to see them, but yeah, Cher Cher really kills it. And if you haven't uh, seen it, you should definitely see Moonstruck. And uh, here's a clip from that film. All right. Ronnie. I was like, this movie, because I saw um, come to make peace with me? My Big Fat Greek yes. Wedding first. Oh. And I was like, clearly an inspiration for that film. Right. I mean, Olympia Dukakis. I mean, I want to. Oh, Ronnie, of course I want to. But, Johnny, I mean, your mother was dying. How did she recover? I told my mother we were to be married. And she got well right away. 
I'm sure she did. It was a miracle. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Johnny, I, I have something that I have to tell you. And I have something to tell you. But I must talk to you alone. No, I, I need my family around me now. <laughs> Loretta? Danny Aiello. I can't marry you. What? If I marry you, my mother will die. What the hell are you talking about? We're engaged. Loretta, what are you talking I'm about? I'm talking about a promise, okay? He proposed. Because my mother was dying, and now she's not. Oh, Johnny, you're 42 years old. She's still running your life. And you are a son who doesn't love his mother. You are a big liar, okay? Because I have a ring right here. Oh, I must ask for that back. Uh, I, uh, you know, all right, the engagement is off. In time, you will see that this is the best thing. In time, you'll drop dead, and I'll come to your funeral in a red dress. What? Will you marry me? What? Oh, where's the ring? Johnny? <laughs> I borrow that ring. For our audio Such listeners, you, yeah. you can find this clip mm. on a line. Yeah. I think Fandango Movie Clips has it. It is the most just hilarious situational comedy. Loretta Castellini. Look at all those great actors. Yes. Gardenia. Will you marry me? Look at these sets. My God, I love this house. Yes, Ronnie. In front of all these people, I'll marry you. <laughs> love him, Loretta? Ma, I love him awful. Oh, God, that's too bad. <laughs> great ensemble sure. cast. Here kind of ties yeah. it all together. Um... The scene that describes the title Moonstruck, just outside where she first falls in love, is also lovely. Really, just check out the whole film. It's great. Oh, yeah. You're not steering you wrong here. Look at the old guy cry. <laughs> I just love this movie. Um, yeah, it's a great film. I think that's all the time we have today, guys. But, Peter, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. I really appreciate these talks. are so great. Yeah. I always learn something and come away with a whole new list of movies. So, actually... I might try to go through and get you guys like a list of recommended Peter movies so you can yeah. see them. Um, and maybe we'll have you come back and, and talk about some of the movies you recommended on the show. Absolutely. Um, until that time, guys, this has been the New York Film Academy Hour. I can still talk. It's definitely okay. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you guys next week. Well, I'm really excited because we're going to have uh, Nunzio, who is the head of our screenwriting department, and his wife, uh, who is his screenwriting partner, come in and talk about their comic books, the TV shows, and movies they've done. It's going to be really exciting. So stay tuned. We'll see you guys next week. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.